Welcome to the Doghouse. I'm Diana. And I'm David. It's Riverdale, Season 6, Episode 6, Chapter 101. Unbelievable. As news begins to spread about the bombing at the Andrews home, Archie, Betty, and Jughead begin to deal with mysterious side effects from the explosion. Elsewhere, Veronica spirals after learning that Hiram may have been involved, and Cheryl is consumed with guilt when she believes she may have had a hand in the explosion. We're back! We're back! We're back! And boy, are they back. I mean, this is bizarre. <laughs> That's putting it lightly. Um, So Betty and Archie and Jughead have superpowers. I know Jughead's is presented as a disability, but I have a, I feel that it's going to become like superpower like. I don't know. Maybe. I think that the possibility of what's happening. Here's the thing. I don't think that taken on its own, they necessarily did a bad job of showing a character struggling to adjust to the fact that he could be losing his hearing. Mm -hmm. However, I don't trust these writers. They have priors. Okay, so the powers that they get are very relevant to their character. So Betty can see the aura around people, especially if they're going to be bad. That's very much in keeping with, you know, Betty Drew. Archie, who has always gone after to beat people up, becomes, you know, impenetrable. Yeah, that's keeping with his personality. Jughead's is tuning everybody out. And what I think is interesting is that it's going to force Jughead to pay attention to things outside of himself more just as a just as a person functioning in the world you have to pay attention to different things to communicate when you can't hear and i feel like when i when i look at how betty's and archie's manifest with jughead i feel like that's going to become his superpower he's going to start paying attention to things he would have otherwise missed but i'm going to be clear here oh yeah that's a pretty I, yucky framing it's yucky it, it's it's pretty ableist. Let's be let's be honest with ourselves here. Okay. Well, I don't know that it's ableist yet because <laughs> okay, I, I, it could very quickly become that way. And I do not trust them. So it's very likely. Yeah. In this episode, his hearing is he's losing his hearing. Yeah. And he's nervous about it. And that's fair. And this is something that does actually happen to people. So yeah. I feel like the way that was handled was all fine. It made sense the way Jughead, you know, like he switched his phone. He kind of just plays it off because he doesn't want to be worried about it. I like that they start off, you know, explaining, like, I don't have the insurance for that. So like, he's not going to go to the doctor. And then it just becomes to a point where Tabitha is like, you have to do this. And it's like, yeah, on second, on second yeah. blush, they dealt with it very well. Yes. I completely agree that this could become very ableist very, very quickly. I'm, I am curious to see like, why did the other, how the other two is really easy to see those as superpowers. How do we frame Jughead's hearing loss as a superpower? So that's, that's what I'm trying to do because otherwise it becomes, well, are those two being rewarded and he's being punished as a result of this? I just feel like either way is a bad bad idea like if i'm being perfectly honest i think maybe jughead's just going deaf and that's just what it is which if that's just the case like jughead's going deaf like this is device that we frame that on it then okay yeah it's hard to we don't trust these people we don't know they've they've not proven themselves very well 
I will give this. The only thing they have never failed to do is appropriately, very heartfeltly honor Fred Andrews. That is the only thing they have never fucked up. My God. (laughs) Which they also do very well in this episode. So like, if there's one thing that they don't fuck up, it's Fred. And I think it's because they're not allowed to. (laughs) But overall, I just... This episode was full bonkers Riverdale. Oh, and Cheryl's a witch now. So like there's. But honestly, good. (sighs) At this point, we are in the second part of season six. We know that they are snowballing towards an eventual end. Why the fuck not at this point? Yeah. And okay. as of the recording of this, season seven was just confirmed. (laughs) So, well, okay, I will say I this. had to do it. I'm sorry. It's fine. Uh, let's say this, though. Season seven is most likely going to be their last, and that's yeah. how they should write it. Because we we know that's the end of many of these actors' contracts. You're not going to be able to keep some of these actors without giving them an enormous pay jump. And the CW doesn't have that money. CW is also being bought at this point. So, yeah. We are, again rapidly reaching a point where it makes sense to wrap this thing up yeah and the show has gone off the rails so much that at Mm -hmm. this point fucking go for it go full-on bonkers with it let's go i'm if that's what they want to do now i'm here for it because they've done too much wishy-washy back and forth on Mm -hmm. that and i'm just like if it's going to be stupid and weird and a, and soap opera-y, let it be that. Yeah. Don't try to pretend that it's better than it is. So the other part of this that I think is also interesting is some of the ways there are some things being mirrored from the River Vale series, which is the five-part event we did before we went on hiatus. It's been wildly publicized and talked about like that they've said that, well, some things may make it over to Riverdale from Rivervale. And so it's just kind of interesting what those things are. Like, obviously, Abigail is here. But it's interesting going through this episode being like, oh, that mirrors what happened in Rivervale, which is cool. Like, at least those episodes aren't just, you know, non-canonical. They're just nonsense. Okay. Yeah. So we start this episode with Alice looking out her window at the Andrews house and the wreckage that is the Andrews house. Already, already it's weird. Yep. So Archie, Betty and Jughead then sit down with Alice and Frank and she's asking questions because, you know, she's an investigator. She's a reporter. We know where Betty gets this from. She's like, what happened? And Betty's like, okay, we were, we were in his room and then I got a phone call. Did you recognize the voice? And like the connection was pretty bad, but it was a man. And he said, we needed, to get, we needed to get out of the house and that there was a bomb and we have to go. And then Archie kind of like jumps in. Yes, we ran downstairs and slid under the dining room table right when the bomb went off. And Frank gives him a look like, mm-hmm. you're full of shit, dude. You're full of shit. And then like, okay, Jughead, where were you? I was in the garage. I'm like, this is unbelievable. You all need to go to the hospital. And I was like, yeah, we're fine. Mom, I don't need to go. Jughead says, yeah, I don't have insurance for that. So and and i was like fine but betty you're coming with me we're gonna get you checked out you could have a concussion and not know about it which is very true they all should have gone to the hospital yes so frank is like come with me (laughs) you just know frank's not buying this bullshit so we go to the andrews house which like the whole second floor doesn't exist anymore essentially 
I mean, yeah, a, yeah. a bomb went off. <laughs> and he's like, so walk me through it again, Archie. You and Betty ran into the dining room and hid. What are you, a cop, Frank? Yeah. Under which table? The one that's completely crushed. And Archie's just like, um, I don't have to answer to you. <laughs> he really like, doesn't, though. Like, I... Part of my annoyance with this whole Frank bit is it's like it happens for a second and then they never bring it up again. And to me, it's just a little bit of like, who the fuck cares? I think my thing with it is that I wish it had been more of like, I just I just can't believe it as like he's more dumbfounded instead of suspicious because he played it as suspicious. He's totally suspicious. And then you just go, what does this mean, Frank? <laughs> well, then we hear some barking, like dog whimpering, and we pull Bingo from the wreckage that was under this table. And so, yay, Bingo Bingo is alive. We conveniently don't see Bingo. Yeah, fair. For reasons that will become clear later. But also, who wants to see a pupper who's not happy? I only no, want I to absolutely... see puppers who are happy. <laughs> I agree. I mean... You could have you could have done it where you just see his face kind of sooted up and you see him in the wreckage, but like still. But whatever. Uh, we see Jughead go to Pops and Tavis is like, "What happened?" He's like, "Um, things blew up, but everyone's fine." <laughs> but an explosion on Elm Street. This is a huge story for a town. I need to get on it. And she's like, "Yeah, sure." It's like, "So can I stay at your place for a couple days?" So like, this is a a little bit of a mirror of them moving in together in Rivervale. Yes, And as he's leaving, we see the belding on the door at Pops and one, and he starts getting a high pitched tone in his ears, like kind of what we heard from him at the end of 605. Tinnitus. Tinnitus. Uh, we go over to the Tang's apartment and Kevin is there and he's like, you know, I've always wanted to make it on Broadway and it's time I gave New York a shot. And so another shot another shot and so he's he's leaving and tony and fangs are like that is great um but since you're being honest we need to tell you something too and then like they get closer together we're dating to which kevin doesn't look totally shocked but like he's doing that face where he's clearly trying to like make sure he doesn't make a face like (laughs) i'm gonna keep all my emotions about this on the inside it's like how did that happen and so they talk about how you know being parents living together it changed their connection from platonic to rom- romantic and sometimes the best relationships start out as friends oh no which is fair totally fair but it's so harsh coming from fangs uh, fangs pointed at kevin and then they they both <laughs> do this thing like yeah but for the record we're both still very much bisexual and proud to be part of the queer community <laughs> which feels very servicey however i appreciate that they reminded everybody that they both identify as bisexual so and that even though they are in a heterosexual appearing cisgender relationship they are still bisexual people it's very good on them while being the clunkiest line delivery ever (laughs) yeah it's so badly done it's so badly written there's nothing natural about any of the words that come out of those people's mouth. In that entire scene. To which Kevin just goes, amen to that. And his phone rings. Hey, dad, what's up? A bomb went off? Where? <laughs> do Veronica getting a call. Kevin, what's up? What is it? My f- uh, Kevin, what's up? To which Reggie pops up out of bed. What is it? 
my father, he blew up Archie's house. <laughs> I mean, true. God, all I can think of is Bye Bye Birdie in the telephone song. Just like, yes. Hi, Kevin. Yeah, that's exactly how it feels. <laughs> well, now we got to go over to Thornhill. And Britta just like comes bursting into the room where Cheryl and Nana are, are hanging out. And she's like, Mr. Cheryl, Britannia, can't you see I'm doing my scholarly research? And so she tells him what happened. And the first thing that Nana Rose says, were they killed? No, they're alive somehow. <laughs> and so like Cheryl's like, wait, how could B- Nana Abigail's curse, the one against Archibald Andrews, Jedediah Jones and Beatrice Cooper. Was that for realsies? To which Nana's like, who can say? Like, she is so fucking cagey in this episode. Okay, she is. And I am so here for meddlesome Nana. Because before, <laughs> she was just this frail old woman that they passed off as crazy. And she is definitely crazy. But this is the fun kind of crazy where she's like, I'm going to mess up everything with witchcraft. I'm here for that. That is so fun. We, we thought Penelope was the only evil one there and i was like oh god oh no that's in the blood (laughs) no 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 so cheryl asks where's the parchment with the curse oh you were so upset i I burned it (laughs) convenient so convenient not only did you manipulate me into invoking the curse which it turns out may be real you've now ruined my best chance of learning how to reverse it luckily the blossom library is full of arcane texts about witches and their wicked ways like really so cheryl's full-blown witch now like that's just who she is kind of i don't know (laughs) it's a real interesting line they tow with her because they almost play this game with her of i don't know if this is real or not but clearly it was real to our entire family and so if and there's any possibility this fuck some shit up i better get on top of it it's like (laughs) they're trying to do everything but call her a witch yes which i find frustrating we go over to the vet's office and <laughs> Frank is like, hey, did you call your mom? No, I don't want to worry her. To which Frank says, it's her house, Archie. <laughs> also a weird thing to say. It's not really. Here's the thing. That may be factual that Mary still owns the home, but it really, it's weird that he says it's her house as opposed to that's your mom. She should know what's happening. Again, it's weird. Something's up with Frank. Something's up with Frank. That's all. Oh, God. That's, that's something's up with Frank. So the vet comes in. Are you Bingo's dads? And they're both like, yeah. Well, <laughs> the good news is Bingo is alive, but all four of his legs are broken. I'd like to keep Bingo here for a week and keep track of his healing process and make sure his bones set properly. You have a very lucky dog, Mr. Andrew. So poor little Bingo broke all his, bo- his doggy legs. <laughs> what? It's just because I know what's coming and this show's so stupid. I don't care. They gave the dog superpowers and I am here for this. How dare you give powers to the dumb, dumb core, to the dumb, dumb boys, but you don't give them to the dog. I'm furious. But these two standing there, it's like, are you Bingo's dads? Beat, beat (laughs) of this. Like, there's no reason for them to like hesitate, but they do with the implication being like, or are you two a couple? Yeah. Which is also (laughs) fair. Like, it's just, but I appreciate that they both go. Yeah. We, can, we are Bingo's dads. Every little ridiculous nod they do in this episode. Again, they went full bonkers, and it's honestly kind of fun. But see, that one is just cute. Yes, it's just exactly. Cute. I'm here for right? more of those types of moments. So we cut to Jughead typing away, and the noise of the typewriter starts getting really clunky, and his ears start ringing, and it's 
different in each ear. And so like he starts like holding a hand over one while he presses a button and then he does it with the other. And then Tabitha comes in and brings him food and it startles him. And she's like, oh, I figured you'd be in the zone. So I brought you some dinner. He's like, yeah, it's good. Um, I started writing an article about the destruction of his cherished family home, but I figured what better time to expose Hiram Lodge for the villain that he is. And Tabitha's like, well, don't let me interrupt you. Write one hell of an expose. And so Jughead, you know, goes back to type, type, typing. We head on over to the White Worm and the ghoulies did a crime. And <laughs> that's just enough is enough. And they want to go nuclear on them. And Tony's like, look, we have a baby to think about. We can't just be as reckless as we once were. I have intel that the ghoulies have a new leader from Chicago, the name of Twyla Twist. Let's call her for a sit down and try to de-escalate things. Now, look, there are a couple of things going on here. Okay. <laughs> I appreciate that this show gave characters a baby and haven't forgotten him. Uh-huh. <laughs> like they don't just pretend like oh he's with grandma like he we never see him again he's very much a part of the action and i appreciate that he's a part of the decision making process because i feel like this is a lot more realistic than what happens on some shows <laughs> next i like that tony's instinct is like let's try to de-escalate things we can't we shouldn't just go to war let's see if we can like figure some shit out also nice like, they're not just, like, hungry for punchy punchies. Third. Twilight fucking twist. Like, really? <laughs> really? It couldn't have been, like, Tina twist? Or, like, come on! Twilight twist! Twilight twist and Tony Topaz. I mean... I mean, I... No, I get the TT part. Like, the mirror of that. But, like, jeez. God, sometimes these names are awful. And, like, I'm always here for the, the rhyming schemes... Or, like, the alliteration, but for fuck's sake. Twilight Twist is a four-year-old character in a children's book. Yeah, like, she's, like, the cousin witch in Sabrina. Like, come on. And they act like this is so Sons of Anarchy. It's like, this is the dumbest gang battle I've ever seen Okay, these people. True, but, like, that is the appropriate TV reference for them, and I'm fine with it. I know. So we go to Thornhill and Cheryl is lighting candles. And I appreciate that they just have Britta be like, so are we witches now? Like, do, do like believe in this shit? Like, do we now believe in magic and curses? And Cheryl says, I believe there was once a time where a magic and superstition were part of the daily fabric of our lives. Given what we've been experiencing as of late, Britta, I believe a new age of wonderment is upon us. Oh, fuck off. So she's she's lighting these candles. She's got three candles. And then she's got... um. The little, I don't, they're not voodoo dolls, but the dolls that represent the three in front of each candle. And she's lighting them. That's supposed to nullify the curse. This is a reversing uh, spell, or if you will. So yeah, like ugh, just, just <laughs> age of wonderment. I would have a lot more respect if we weren't talking in the weird flowery prose. Yeah. And instead Cheryl was just like, honestly, I don't know anymore. Uh, Everything's really bonkers, but if there's even a chance that this could help things, I'm going to go ahead and go for it. Yep. That would be kind of fun to watch yep. Cheryl go, fuck if I know anymore, but this is what the books say, so we're just going to do it and see what I'm happens. I'm just going to go with it. <laughs> so we head on over to the hospital, and Archie's there visiting Betty, and it's like, hey, you know, how long do you have to stay here? It's just overnight for observation, except for two cracked ribs. I'm fine. And... 
Arch, they both just don't believe what happens. And Betty's like, you shielded me. How? How did I shield you? You were right there in the room when the bomb went off. I'm not sure, but if you hadn't thrown yourself in front of me, pulled me in tight and shielded me with your body, then I wouldn't be here talking to you right now. So this is another little mirror from Rivervale. They needed a king who was willing to die for his queen. So that's part of this. Which like I that's that's a direct mirror, which I'm I'm here for. Mm. But they both just don't believe what's going on. What's happening to me? Riverdale. So we go back to Thornhill and the candles have all been blown out. And Cheryl's pissed. Which one of you, Delilah's, blew out my reversing candles? <laughs> and Britta's like, it wasn't me. I would never. Which on second watch, that's a little too eager. and nana's like perhaps it was a night breeze says the old maid who tricked me into putting a curse on my school chums in the first place never touch my altar again or perhaps i'll put a curse on next they are all so ridiculous they are in their own soap opera and i would be here for it if that's the show i signed up for it's passions that's what it is (laughs) i know so we cut on over to Betty and Alice leaving the hospital. You know, Alice just like, thanks for humoring me. I was just so worried you had a concussion or internal bleeding. Thank God you're okay. And as she's talking and they're walking down the hall, Betty sees an orderly come around the corner. She notices that his name says Trevor and she sees this red glowy outline behind him. His aura, if he was probably, it's what we're going to call it. Cause that's kind of what she calls it in the show. And she's like, what the fuck is this? But it's mm-hmm. interesting. She's seeing some shit. We go back to Tabitha's apartment and we're, we're from Jughead's perspective, and we can hear that Tabitha's talking, but it is very hard to understand what she's saying. It's like she's talking underwater almost. And then Jug's cell phone rings, and she points it out to him. And so he picks it up and puts it up to his ear, but then he switches ears. And we cut to Tabitha, so she, we see that she's noticing this. Mm-hmm. And then it comes to find out the Wallbeat Journal wants to run his article. They said they've been trying to nail Hiram Lodge for years, too. And Tabitha's like, that's huge, Jug. So, like, he's super excited. She's excited, but she's also suspicious because she's noticing things. Yeah. We cut on over to Veronica, and she is talking to Betty at her house. And this scene had such 70s vibes. Between the couch and the Afghan on the couch and Veronica's outfit and Betty's jacket, I was like, are we in the 70s? What's happening? It's like... Carlito's way or Serpico. Kinda, yeah. All of her stuff is gonna be like Scarface levels weird now, isn't it? It's yeah. gonna be like a mob story cover up. Well, she's fully turning into her father, which was the one thing she never wanted to do, but I'm okay with that if we're gonna go all in on Veronica becoming the villain. It's good drama. It is good drama, but it should have happened a long time ago. And not even necessarily like the villain with a capital V, but just like, I never wanted to be this and now I'm stuck. Mm-hmm. Which again, mirrors that mirror verse. Yep, it She does. had to sell her soul. Yes, she did. And she does end up like she loses a part of herself of what she does later. Oh, yeah. She's talking to Betty about like, hey, I'm reaching out to Hermosa to get information on my father's below board operations and say that like i'm doing everything i can to help bring him in and betty's like thanks i appreciate it so like good i like that they had a scene together just to, like reiterate the fact that they know each other <laughs> never in the same room together 
Well, we did have five episodes at the start of the season that were just full bonkers weird. So, oh yeah. So we cut on over to Archie, and he's pumping iron at El Royale, and so he's doing his thing, and then he gets on the scale and he puts it to where he expects it to be, and then he starts adjusting it because like it's not moving, and he realizes I'm 193 pounds and he is flabbergasted by this so he goes over to a little chart that's on the wall and he pulls off a piece of paper and it's like I was 165 last week like that's an insane amount of of weight gain in a very short period of time it's almost 30 pounds so that's a lot so then we go back to the Cooper house and you know Betty's got her FBI jacket on and Alice is getting all this, getting her stuff ready. And she's like, what's going on? I just got a call from RIVW. Apparently there was quite a scene that happened after we left Riverdale general. Apparently they found a nurse in the dumpster behind the hospital throat slit. And Betty's just like, that's awful. Okay. So the wait scene. Yeah. Does that remind us of a movie we might've watched recently? I don't know. what Movie in which a gentleman who seems to be slightly indestructible is lifting weights. In a movie in which he is also able to detect evil presences? I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> the film Unbreakable. Oh, yeah, totally. I've been thinking that for a while. Okay, but wait, because this is the part that made me go, oh, no. What? Who is the villain in Unbreakable? A gentleman with a disability. Oh, yeah. And as soon as I put that together, I went, oh, no, 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 no. Don't you do this, Riverdale. Oh, yeah. So we watched a bunch of M. Night Shyamalan films as a series on our Macintosh and Mod Haven't Seen What podcast. Yes. And Unbreakable was one that we watched. What's the next one in the series? Not Glass. Glass is the last Split. one. Split. And then we watched, and we watched Split as well. That's the one that I kept thinking about, knowing that it connected to Unbreakable. Yeah. It's- because if Jughead turns into Mr. Glass, oh, boy. That's real bad. Okay, the only thing, good thing I will give it, like, there is a comic book connection, so that's cool. Um, <laughs> no, I appreciate that. That would be interesting source material. It would be. I mean, it was just such a signpost, and then I went, oh, God, no, no, not that, no. <laughs> see, well, but there's an element of that, because Mr. Glass doesn't view his disability as a disability he sees it as a superpower no yeah it's a, it's a total superpower that and he thinks he's the hero yeah so that will see you know what's gonna happen is that uh, we're automatically assuming that betty and archie are the superheroes but what if it's one of them that's the villain well and it, and what's fascinating is like they're two halves of a whole very much so like when they're together mm -hmm. it's good when we see them working together in this yeah. episode it comes for good, but when mm -hmm. they're apart, it's not. <laughs> well, I think that's probably that's probably this. Hmm, hold on, no, I'm like there's brute force, there's vision, and then there's a lack of hearing. See no evil, hear no evil, do no evil. Well, it's speak no evil. You know what I mean? That's what it is. That's what they're mirroring. Woof. That's what that is. Wow. Yeah, figured it Which out. Which is their curse. Well, okay, so maybe it's not their curse, but maybe it's their mission, their edict. <gasps> their atonement. It's their atonement, and they're going to have to bring down Veronica. Mmm. Mmm. There's a lot of ways this can go. But that's, that's what they're going for. 
those three things. That's how it's divided with three of them. That makes more sense now. Okay. I'm not like, I'm not as nervous. I'm still nervous because this is Riverdale and they suck. But I like that. I, I feel like I figured that piece out. Cool. <laughs> <gasps> I'm a TV genius. Thank you. You are a TV uh, genius. Yeah. I feel amazing. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Like, there is no reward to figuring this out. <laughs> like, there's none. I just get a lot of personal <laughs> satisfaction out of it. That is I its mean, own reward. I guess. I do. I, I get really excited when I'm right about something, especially when it's really stupid. Anyways, cool. I'm glad I figured that out. So we go to Veronica. She's, on, she's in her office. She's on the phone with Hermosa. And Hermosa's like, what? And she's like, I don't, like, this is insane. Veronica's like, yeah, so I'm helping them with the nationwide manhunt. Do yourself a favor and help me help them. Tell me where he goes and when he wants to disappear. And Hermosa says, I need immunity for myself and give me a few hours. And so Veronica's like, all right, I, all right. And like, okay, thank you, Hermosa. Like, mm. okay. I wish we had Hermosa show up, but I, you know, I understand logistics and I don't know what that actress is doing, but she could be very busy. So she could just not be there. And this is all she can give them, which is cool. But I like that she's still a character on the show. Mm, I have a feeling she's coming back. It's just that they couldn't bring her back just yet. So. Sure. And that's totally possible. I'm just like, oh, man, I, I loved Hermosa. Like, I, I love her and Veronica's dynamic. And that's why I just want more of her. Mm-hmm. Oh, also, she slept with Reggie. So that's a whole other thing. <laughs> Uh, we go to the FBI office and Glenn comes in and, you know, like Betty's trying to get their attention. And so Glenn whistles and she's like, thank you, Glenn. You did not mean to do that. Like she can see like you're a tool. <laughs> <laughs> she can barely keep her, her complete disdain. utter disgust for him hidden. <laughs> and so one of the things to point out is that, you know, the office is filled with agents. There are a bunch of women. They're all wearing blazers. <laughs> And then yeah. there's a bunch of dudes, and most of them are wearing, like, all black. So it's very much Betty's team versus Glenn's team, <laughs> which is fine. It's it's very silly. So they're talking about, you know, now Hiram Lodge is, you know, on the most wanted list uh, in all these files. You'll find possible whereabouts, blah, 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 get to work. Betty pulls one agent aside. She's like, hey, can you help me with something off case? And they're like, yeah, sure. And she tells them about the nurse being murdered at Riverdale General Hospital. Can you look into an orderly named Trevor? And Agent Lynn is like, do you think he's responsible? And she's like, eh, it's just a hunch right now. Cool. Great. This is what Betty is good at. Uh, the, the Betty Cooper propaganda is complete, but it is perfect for her character. So. It is perfect for her character. And, you know, there is an active serial killer. Like, somebody's got to hunt the serial killers down. Like, there should be people who do that. It would have been more fun if she was like Dexter, though. You know, it could have been interesting, especially if Jughead ended up going the more detective route. That would have yeah. been fun. So we go back to Veronica and she's looking at Hiram stuff and Reggie comes in. He's like, all right, I talked to my dad. I told him I needed to step away from the dealership so we can focus on the casino. Veronica's like, that's good. Reggie's like, what are you looking at? Oh, this is just privilege information about my father's criminal empire. Reggie's like, so is this for the FBI? No, daddy's had many chances. A more permanent solution needs to happen, which is why I'm reaching out to the underworld. And Reggie's like, Ronnie, no matter what Hiram did, he's still your dad. <laughs> which is 
which is a good point. This is fair. It's it's a point, but also. <laughs> I mean, I like that. So, like, I just appreciate it. I like that it really does cement the real dramatic tension for her. It's just that when using that to refer to Hiram Lodge at this point, it's just like, yeah, no. <laughs> that man is a menace. <laughs> sure. Like, I, I would have been better if it was more like, are you sure, like, prison's not good enough for him? <laughs> like, that thing of like, hey, um, I get it, but this seems like a bad way to deal with this. Yeah, I also feel like I wish someone would have said to her, what you're doing is what Hiram would have done. That's exactly what would have worked better here. Well, that would have made her stop. Yep. Which I understand, like they they want to go down this path. I just really hope that somebody, and I hope it's Reggie, especially if like they break up, he goes, you're going down the same path as your father. Yeah. Because what you did is what he would have done. Like, somebody needs to say that to her. I mean, <sighs> it's not like Veronica doesn't realize that before the end of this episode. I don't know that she does. I think she does. Anyways, she just, her her reply to him is mostly like, this is an act of self-preservation. My father will never stop gunning for us, which is also true statements. She is not wrong. <laughs> no, not at all. So we cut back to the FBI office. It's late, but he's there alone. Glenn shows up and he's clearly been drinking. And she's like, where have you been, Glenn? It's like, oh, I just had some dinner, stopped for a few beers, you know. And then he gets a little handsy and is like, are you seeing son anybody lately? Yeah, Archie. Oh, come on. That pib squeak. He satisfies you. Really? To which I love this a lot more than you ever did. And at this point... We can see that Betty can see him turning red. And he's like, oh, come on, Betty. You know you want this. And Betty's like, don't. And he kind of goes, like, he lunges towards her. And Betty punches the shit out of him. He's like, you're crazy. You know that. And he's walking away. But he's like, you have no idea. <laughs> Which I love that moment, too. Because it's like, I appreciate that Betty knows she's kind of fucking crazy. She's harnessing it a lot in this episode. She's just like, yes, I am. Don't fucking touch me. Well, and out of anybody in this episode, she is recognizing that whatever is going on with her only helps her accomplish what she really wants to be able to do. Mm -hmm. And so she's almost calm and confident in what's going on, even though it's real fucking weird in a way that really works for Betty. Yeah. Again, this episode is bonkers, but in a good way. Well, good is relative. Entertaining. It was entertaining. So we cut on over to the Andrew's house and Archie is showing Mary the house. Hello, Molly Ringwald. And she just starts crying. It's like, mom, like things can be replaced. Like, it's not that Archie. When I'm just imagining here when it happened, you could have died. How did you not die? In all seriousness, look at this place. <laughs> and then like she takes the moment she goes I think it was your father it's the only thing that makes sense it was your dad it's his house he was looking out for you and for Betty which is like again call back to Fred call back to Luke Perry it's the sweetest way to look at this thing God and damn it's it. just like damn you gave me feelings but it's appropriate and it feels good and I also appreciate it came from Mary because even though they were divorced like there's not like anger like one thing i really appreciate about the relationship between them is that we never saw them be like outwardly mean to each other so like it's just a relationship that didn't work out and i appreciate that not all divorce is awful sometimes it just happens so 
That was really sweet. They go back to Veronica's office and she's talking to someone named Anatole. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's funny. It has to be Russian mob, right? Like, yeah, which is great. Of course. And she's like, I've prepared this dossier of information. I believe you'll find it useful. He doesn't even look. No, he's like, how much is the bounty? A cool two million. And he's like, do you want him dead or alive? I don't want him to hurt me or my friends ever again. I see. Dead then. <laughs> I understand and will comply. So then her phone starts ringing and it's Reggie. She's like, hey, can I call you back? And Reggie says, Ronnie, I'm at the hospital. My dad just had a heart attack. Drama. Drama. Direct callback to Rivervale. Great. We head on over to the White Worm and the ghoulies are there to do their sit down. And essentially we find out that Hiram was paying them to one, destroy Riverdale, and two, kill Archie Andrews. <laughs> so, and then, like, so long as they did that, he'd give them money into a private account from a third party bank. And so they're just like, we're here. We just kind of just see what kind of threat the Southside Serpents might be. And from where I'm sitting, we're looking fine. So they leave. It's a very that would great. I mean, the only thing it does is it confirms that the ghoulies were working on behalf of Hiram. Cool. Fine. Whatever. <laughs> we cut on over to the Andrews house and Archie's cleaning up. Like he's picking up debris and he's starting to just pick up the pieces. And as he's passing through a hallway, his shirt snags on a nail and rips it. And he stops and he looks at his arm and he realizes he didn't get scratched. So then he finds a board that has nails sticking out of it and he picks it up and he uses his hands to push the nails out of the board. And then he looks at his nails or he looks at his hands and there's no scuff marks so then he goes over to a door frame and he punches through the door frame which is where like the thickest wood is is on the framing part of a wall so this dude's fucking powerful he's stone he's steel he is not made of human matter anymore no so then we hear archie tony and fangs are here to see you so then we have this conversation where they're like we just kind of cut to the chase. He's like, okay, Twilight Twist told you all this? Yeah, she's stone cold crazy, just like all ghoulies. So just for your own safety, we think it's best if you get out of Riverdale as fast as you can. And Archie's like, the ghoulies, they live down by the docks, don't they? Fangs is like, yeah, but neither you nor we have the firepower to go up against them. We need to call in reinforcements. We're just waiting to hear back from FP, which I like that we've kept FP into the conversation. Like, FP didn't die. He just went off to be with Jellybean and, you know, her mom. Interesting. 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 Cool. Again, the invitation was always left open for Skeet Ulrich to return occasionally, but he was just never going to, he wasn't going to be regular on the show anymore. Yeah. Cool. And into it. I hope he comes back to screw up Alice and Frank. I'm here for that. Oh, he's coming back at some point. Oh, I hope so. It'll be fabulous drama. And Archie's like, yeah, yeah. I just want to know which neighborhood to stare clear of. That's all. Liar, liar, your pants should be aflame. Oh, Archie. Oh, sweet, dumb Archie. Uh, we go over to Thornhill and the candles are out again. <gasps> this time, it's time to catch the septuagenarian saboteur crimson handed. Come on, Britannia. Jesus Christ. Yeah, like, it's, abs it's absurd. They've leaned into it. I can't be mad. Eh. So we go back to the FBI office the next day and Agent Lynn comes to talk to Betty. He's like, hey, you were spot on. Trevor Collins has a sketchy employment history. He's been going to different hospitals around the country. He either gets fired or he leaves after a few months. 
that he's like, okay, are there any convictions? In and out of juvie, did six months at Shankshaw for drug possession. Every hospital, and so Betty's like, hmm, every hospital has their own in-house pharmacy. I wonder if there were any thefts reported recently. And like Betty's in her head thinking through all that. And Lynn's like, hey, I think there's one more thing you should know. A bunch of us were working out together this morning and Agent Scott was going, he started saying things about you to which Betty doesn't appear to be surprised. She's like, what did he say? (laughs) That you guys reconnected and things got steamy and you accidentally elbowed him in the nose during. And she's like, yeah, I get it. Thanks for letting me know. (laughs) so Glenn is a tool and a douche great and Betty is already plotting revenge sure so Archie goes to the docks and he just says hey anyone want to tell me which one of you bums put a bomb under my bed or things have to get messy oh god which I really just wish in this moment he could have said or or do y'all want to get fucked up and they just bleeped it out because it was been a much better moment for that he he pulls a whole rowdy rowdy piper I have come here to chew bubble gum and kick ass. <laughs> All out of bubble gum. Okay, we go back to the hospital, and this time Veronica's there with Reggie to visit his dad. And I really like that at the beginning of the scene, you don't know if Reggie's dad is alive or dead. Like, you just don't know because, like, you do not see the bed between them. <laughs> like, you don't see him at all. So it's like, what's going on here? And Reggie does the thing. He says almost exactly what he said in Rivervale. You know, what kills me the most is that we were finally getting to a good place. I just thought we had more time. And so she asks, are you staying here? And he's like, yeah. She's like, let me go pack a bag for you. Sure. And she gets home. She's running to save daddykins. Well, she's getting, she's going home and she's shuffling through the paperwork to find Anatole's number. And then she gets a call. She's like, oh, I was just about to call you. And he's like, it's done. What? What do you mean it's done? Already? How is that possible? What can I say? I'm a professional. Check your inbox. And Veronica is just starts, starts crying. It's too late. Hiram <laughs> uh-huh. Lodge is fucking dead. Yay. Yay. Uh, makes her sad, but it's such a joyful moment for us. He's fucking dead. <laughs> I'm glad that Hiram Lodge is finally dead. What can I say? I am professional. I'm professional. <laughs> so we go over to the El Royale, and Betty is waiting in Archie's office. And Archie walks in, and he is covered in blood. She's like, "Oh my god, what happened?" He's, "Oh, some ghoulies tried to mug me." Uh huh. Which tried to mug him? Sure, of course. Because he's covered in fucking blood. She's like, where are you hurt? Nowhere. It's not my blood. It's all theirs. I don't have a scratch on me. And he's like, what are you doing here? And she's like, get yourself cleaned up. I need your help with something. (laughs) This is the most bizarre scene. Yeah. Like, he is serial killer covered in blood. What the fuck did he do? Because, man, he's crazy. (laughs) it's not good so we cut over to pops and jughead is sweeping you know he's doing a shift and a guy at the counter is like hey can i get a refill hey buddy i'm talking to you and tabitha notices this and you know she's like i got your refill sorry for the delay and she goes up jug is like what's up with you i mean couldn't you hear him and jughead just goes yeah i was just in my head and she's like no i know when you're in your head this is something else try again the truth this time which I love that Tabitha does not put up with his shit. Uh-uh. Like, she's just, like, she wants to be supportive, but she's like, I'm not, I'm not putting up with this bullshit. I love this about her. It's great. He's like, the explosion really messed up my hearing, did a lot of damage. I'm afraid it's getting worse. Okay, fair. We go over to the hospital again, 
and we see Trevor and Betty is kind of like steps out into the hallway because she's been waiting for him and as we see him he turns red and as she's talking to him he pulls out a scalpel and then you know she's just like uh didn't you kill that nurse for the exact same reason because she caught you with your hand in the cookie jar and then Archie comes up behind and is like I wouldn't do that if I were you bro not unless you want me to break both your arms to which Betty says he'll do it too <laughs> which is just absurd <laughs> Uh, Lily's got this goofy grin on her face. Yep. But again, when working together, his threat is enough to get the job done. Yep. So we go over to the white worm and Betty and Archie are talking about like what's happening. And she explains the whole seeing the aura. She's like, yeah. And like, and it, it, it worked with Glenn the other night. And he's like, what? Glenn, your boss? She goes, Oh, yeah. When I was trying to had a brief thing last night, he got drunk and handy. It's fine. I'm taking care of it because you can see it on his face. He's like, I'm going to go beat this fucker up. Like, uh -huh. I'm going to I'm going to go pound the shit out of him. Look what she admits her superpower. She's, Is that crazy? Is that crazy? <laughs> <laughs> and, and he and he in turn explains to her like i'm getting denser like this is ridiculous and he's worried that he's gonna hurt her and so betty explains like i can see this i can see if someone's gonna hurt me and she's like i don't want you to be afraid of hurting me arch because i'm not which is sweet and interesting cool it is very interesting uh -huh. will that work though <laughs> So we cut on over to Thornhill and we see the altar and we can see Cheryl is like watching the altar. And then in comes Britta and Cheryl like bursts out. She goes, Britta, what are you doing in here? And Britta turns around and admits a smile. I'm not Britta. Uh-oh. Cheryl goes, Abigail? All color has left Cheryl's face. Yep. This is the first time in quite some time that I have seen Cheryl just like, Oh, fuck. <laughs> ah, shit. <laughs> so Cheryl goes talk to Nan. She's like, um, something's very wrong with Britta. I caught her <laughs> trying to blow out the candles in the altar, but when she spoke to me, her eyes, her voice, and her soul, I think they might be Abigail's. And so, like, Nan is all like, I wondered. Abigail's spirit could have entered the child's body when you invoked her curse. And now, perchance, Abigail controls the girl's body at night. <laughs> to which Cheryl's like, I can't believe I'm asking this, but to free Britta, do we have to perform an exorcism? <laughs> and Nana's like, oh no, we must perform a banishment. Okay, whatever, old lady. This was fantastic acting for Madeline Petch. Oh, yeah, and Nana. This is great. I love, I love seeing Cheryl be so extra until the moment when it's like, so things got really fucking dark and weird. Um, hey. <laughs> This is taking a turn. <laughs> and then do we have to perform an exorcism? No. Oh, God. <laughs> so we go over to the Andrews house and Archie and Mary are doing some cleanup. And this creepy dude shows up and is like, anyone home? Sorry to intrude. See, I was strolling by and are you the owner? And Mary's like, yes, I am. What a pleasure to meet you. I, my name's Percival. Look, I'm new in town and I'm looking for a house. I know I'm chancing my arm here, but would you have any interest in selling? And Mary's like, yeah, maybe. And Archie's like, no, we're not. And Archie looks such like such a kid next to his mom. He has this like, who are you, Mr. Face on him when this starts? <laughs> it's very, it's very cute, like face acting here from KJ. It's very good. And he's like, well, let me 
take my card. Should you have any interest in divesting yourself of the property? And I'd give you a very generous price, even in its current condition. And so Mary looks at the card. She goes, thank you, Mr. Pickens. And he's like, yeah, that's right. Percival Pickens. Look forward to hearing from you. And then he goes. So this is very much a call to Mr. Cypher, the devil showing up. Um, And then Percival Pickens, General Pickens, you know, took the land for Riverdale from the Uctana. So that's going to be a whole thing. So he's definitely a descendant of them. And it's probably going to play into Cheryl's curse as well. Also, real interesting thing here of Percival relating to the Knight of the Round Table. Will that come into play? What What do you mean? Percival was one of the Knights of the Round Table seeking the Holy Grail of King Arthur. Oh, well, yeah. I'm not going to put it past the show to make weird Arthurian references. Like, I mean, sure. They've done weirder shit. Yeah, but like that, what's the horror version of that? Like, where's the Percival in horror related content? Like, that's Ah, where. It's a great question. Which is something I will probably look in on between here and there, unless somebody on the internet goes ahead and tells us or I see it, somebody post it. But that's. It's definitely someone who's supposed to be a descendant of that Pickens family. It definitely has to do with the curse. Yeah. Uh, We cut on over to the FBI office and Betty is talking to only female agents. And so Glenn comes in is like, where'd all my guys go? Oh, they've been reassigned. And so have you, Glenn. You're no longer helping me with the Hiram Lodge case. Also, congratulations. You're now the subject of an FBI sexual harassment investigation. And she's like, fly away, little bird. Fly away. And like she's getting in his face and like shooing him with her hands. And she's like, bye-bye. Bye. <laughs> like I love she's Lily. so happy. I love Lily so much. <laughs> so it's so cute. I adore it. She's so good at that shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so funny. So we go over to the hospital again. We're in the hospital a lot this episode. Oh, so much. We see Tabitha, and then she like she's leaning against the wall and she like gets up and like Jughead comes out and she's like, What did the doctor say? And Jughead just looks at her and says, I can't hear you. He said, I'm 98% deaf in my left ear and 87% deaf in my right. And like, we start hearing the high pitched and then she hugs him and through like a muffled sound, we hear her say, we're going to get through this together. So, okay. You know, like they did that good too. Again, they treated it realistically, which Uh is honestly the best way to deal with it. It was like, he is losing his hearing. Yeah. So just... Have it be that. Yeah. I just don't want them to over mythologize it. But yeah. I feel like they've already done that with Archie and Betty. So they're going to have to do it for him. We go over to the White Worm again. And Archie and Mary are, you know, having a beer. And Archie wants the house. He's like, "We I, I, sell me the house. I have the money saved up from the army. I never touched the college fund you and dad set up for me. It'll be tight, but I can do it. And Mary's like, what? You're just going to spend your entire living in the same house? And he's like, would that be such a bad thing? And she's just like, I don't know. Maybe not. And Archie's just like, well, I just want your blessing. So I was just like, you know, like she wanted to get out of Riverdale. His dad didn't want to. So like, I guess I appreciate the fact that Mary's just like, really? You're going to do the same thing that your dad did? But like. Yeah, yeah, he is. But like Fred had a great life. He did. He had a full life. He had people who loved him and cared about him. So like, is that the worst thing that happens to Archie? Then that's okay. Like the worst shit that could have happened to Archie has been happening over and over again. He's fine. Uh, Looks like it's going to keep happening. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah. So like, again, I thought this was sweet and I appreciate it. We go over to Veronica's apartment and Reggie has come in and she's like, Hey, how's your dad? He's like much better. Thank God. He woke up. The doctor said that he's a total stress case and needs to start taking a million pills, but he'll make a full recovery. And, you know, you can tell Veronica has been upset and uh, he's like, are you okay? Yeah. You know, that thing with my father, I called it off. You were right. And Reggie's like, I'm so relieved to hear you say that, Ronnie. I knew you weren't that person, which is the equivalent of him being like, you do that, you're your dad. But it's like, no, she is that person. Yes. That's the thing. And you can see it all over her like, but I am. Oh, yeah, I, I guess you're right. She does know it, but she's not she's not going to admit it out loud for a while. Well, no. And I mean, yeah, she of course she's not going to admit it. She's. She's got to go into survival mode now. <laughs> yeah. So we go over to Thornhill and Britta is tied up. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, Cheryl starts, you know, reading this banishment spell. And Nana Rose is taught. It sounds like she's chanting along. And she's, you know, uh, spirit, we compel you to leave her. And, you know, Britta is screaming, it burns, it burns. I mean, to Abigail- be fair, it's Abigail, not Britta. Abigail and Britta's body. So. Abigail Blossom, release this child and return to the realm of the dead and take you with you your curse. And so then the wind blows and blows out all the candles and Britta stops. And then it's like she's come to, she goes, what, what's going on? So like she's Britta again, as opposed to Abigail. Cheryl helps Britta leave the room and we pan over to Nana who has something in her hand. And when she's looking out the window, she opens her hand and it's the spider brooch. so we go back to the white worm and tony gets a phone call (laughs) and it's twyla she goes you send your red-headed bruiser to do your dirty work well it's on bitch the ghoulies are declaring an all-out war against the serpents and tony's like we didn't do anything oh i underestimated you topaz i thought with a baby in the house your days of starting wars were over nice to know nothing's off the table and so they hang up and fangs is like what happened Archie did something, and now Twyla's, and now Twyla Twist has declared war on us. <laughs> Tony's annoyance at being like that fucking ginger idiot, fucking ginger himbo. She is so mad at Archie. <laughs> so then we go back to the FBI office, and we see Glenn like he's packed up his stuff. He's got his box of shit, and he opens the elevator, and he sees Archie, and he goes. Oh no, to which Archie smiles and goes, Oh yes. <laughs> and then he like Archie rushes him. So you know he's gonna beat him up, which you know, fair. <laughs> Still though, at least Glenn has come to the realization of oh fuck. <sighs> oh no. Like he's he Glenn's a jackass, but he knows. <laughs> so we go back to Thornhill and you know, like they're singing and Abigail is now in Cheryl's body and Nana explains that, oh, it's so, you know, it's nice to see you again, Abigail, and in the proper vessel this time. I'm so sorry about that temporary misplacement in that girl, but thanks to an incantation, I was murmuring during the banishment and Abigail as Cheryl says, I am now exactly where I belong in the, in a body befitting my spirit. And then she blows out the candles on the altar. The fact that Nana fucked up the spell the first time is very funny. It's interesting. So we come over to the Tang's apartment and Kevin is there and he's holding baby Anthony. And 
They're like, thank you, Kevin, for postponing your trip. Take care of baby Anthony. It's just until we can assess how much of a threat the ghoulies are. And Kevin just looks at the baby and says, I'll guard him with my life. There it is. Kevin's dying. Which I've totally called that. Kevin is 100% dying. Marked for death right there with that line. But I am standing by my Kevin is TBK. That signpost alone to me uh-huh. is enough to be to make me go, no, there's no way. Uh, no, I, that's not enough. That's not enough for me. And logistically, we've got too much of an alibi here. Fair. There's a reasonable alibi here. Reasonable. But it is TV time. And this is also Riverdale. So uh, we'll see. No, I just that's such a huge, like big red flag that they've intentionally threw in there that it's just like. Nope, he's going to be trying to protect baby Anthony or something, and he he going to die. That's it. I just... I That's the end of Kevin Keller. Kevin's definitely dying, but I don't care. <laughs> so we go back to Andrews, and they're signing papers, and Archie is now the proud owner of this structure. <laughs> can't call it a house. Love the judgment from the realtor. So we cut back to Veronica. She gets a call. It's from Hermosa. How could you, Veronica? He was our father. And... Veronica's like, I did what I had to be done. Shut up. You better watch your back, Hermanita, because blood will have blood. You're a marked woman, which I love <laughs> this. Like, I'm here for this. It's great. And Veronica's just like numb. <laughs> I mean, just wrecked. Yeah, she just sits there with a drink very much to look like Hiram. She is just trying so hard to numb away all of that emotional pain she's feeling about this. It's really good. It's a great way to spin this story for her. Well, also give Veronica something that has some meat. And yeah, it's still Hiram bullshit, but it has some weight to it in a more interesting way. And we haven't done that yet. We haven't gone all in on that. I was not expecting them to turn it this way. I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised, but I just, I didn't think they were going to kill him off. I thought, you know, bomb, and then he's just going to be gone. And maybe they have him come in and meddle, even though, like, he's not actually there. Sure. I did not expect them to go with the he's dead. And it creates this whole new level for Veronica that would not have been there. Yeah. It's actually a really smart move on their part. So we go over to Betty's room because, of course, now they're living in Betty's room. Betty is never not living in her high school bedroom. I mean, Archie's Archie's house is exploded. Yeah. So they basically just like shit's going to get weird, but we're going to stand by each other. Okay, great. Blah, blah, blah. Archie gets a phone call. Oh, no. <laughs> They're in the middle of kissing again. Yeah. And so it's the vet. And she goes, how's Bingo? Um, Okay. So Betty's like, did Bingo take a turn for the worse? Um, no, actually the opposite. In fact, they already took his cast off. Seriously? It's been three days since he broke his legs. Yeah, apparently they're not broken anymore. His bones are completely healed. Whoa, 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 whoa. What? Which, okay. At least they gave the dog superpowers. I'm here for this. Also, Betty does get the wonderful moment of like, I'm just afraid things are going to get weird. Oh, they will. Yeah. Oh, oh, they will. So then we cut to Glenn leaving Pops. He's got some food to go and he gets in his car and he's all fucked up because Archie did a number on his face. Good for him getting some Pops burgers. And the TBK sits up behind him in the car. Oh, no. And he just says, you shouldn't have disrespected Betty that way. Riverdale. So Glenn's going to have to put the lotion in the basket. Bye, Glenn. Bye, Glenn. 
you were an asshole. I don't really miss you. Yes. Okay. So I like that we've put the whole Glenn is the trash bag killer to rest. Yes. Which I knew it wouldn't be him. Now it's going to be like, well, Percival Pickens is a trash bag killer, which I don't like. I hate that. No. Percival Pickens to me feels like setting up for a later big bad. Which would be fine. But... I don't, I don't, I just know that's going to be what everyone's pointing to. And if he is the trash bag killer, I'm going to be really annoyed. The trash bag killer needed to be somebody we already knew. Yeah. The way he talks about Betty, there's, su- there's got to be some kind of deeper connection. It could be somebody off our radar. I'm fine with an off our radar, but it has to be somebody who is enough on our periphery that we would be like, oh, it's that guy. Maybe. Like, like if it was like, tall boy level of that's the bad guy because it's like it's someone that we would we would know has been named in show even if they weren't like if it was eric like it's not eric but if it was eric it would be like okay at least we've met him before and hung out with him for a while let me let me put it this way what needs to be established with this character when mm-hmm. they finally do reveal it is that that character has a deep deep connection with betty even if it's someone that we have never met. As long as there is some type of backstory and slow play of that establishment, Uh I am okay with you introducing a new character so long as that new character is shown to have this really deep connection with her. Yeah. But you've got to do that legwork in order to make it work. And it would be way easier (laughs) to do that if it's somebody we already know. Yeah, because it's Kevin. (laughs) All right, well, let's go watch the next time on and give our opinions about what happens next week. We have plenty of them. So next week is called Death at a Funeral. Oh, boy. So cool. Yeah, so Jughead is dealing with um, not being able to hear. Veronica's having a funeral and her mom's going to show up. Mm-hmm. Betty runs into TBK and Archie appears to be kidnapped by TBK. So cool. yikes a Business as usual in Riverdale. <laughs> I mean, please go full bonkers. Just keep, with, keep this energy. If you're going to do it, go all in. If that's what they want to do for these last two seasons and just go into 10th gear ridiculous mode Mm -hmm. i'm here for it this show has always been the most fun when it has decided to be the most bonkers yeah even in the moments where we've yelled at them for you know archie getting mauled by a bear yeah because it was still so fucking fun we'll figure it out next week maybe keep it weird guys until next time hashtag bulldogs Bulldogs forever Be sure to review and rate us on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcast. For questions, comments, and recommendations, you can email us at macintoshandmod at gmail.com or find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook.